Welcome to the Buttercuts Podcast, your favorite destination for weekly golf and sports updates. I'm your host, Ryan Murray. Thanks for joining me for another round. Let's jump right into the front nine, you guys. This week, we're going to talk about the PGA Tour. We're going to talk a little bit about the DP World Tour. <laughs> Again, I always laugh when I say DP World Tour because it just always reminds me of double penetrate. Yeah, anyway, um, we're also going to talk about the... Corn Ferry Tour, and we're going to talk about Capital One, the match. So that's what's going on in the front nine. In the back nine, we're going to talk a little bit about YouTube golfers trying to qualify for a PGA Tour tournament, and we're going to talk about Charlie Woods trying to turn qualify for a PGA Tour, tour tournament. Man, I am struggling to talk right now, but that's what happens when you record podcasts and you don't want to edit a lot. So uh, let's jump into it, man. This week we had uh, the PGA Tour was playing the Mexico Open. They were playing down at Vedanta in uh, in Mexico. This is the third year that this tournament has been hosted down there. It's, uh, it's a fantastic tournament for these guys to get out of town. However, I will say, uh, just from a fan's perspective, it's a tournament that I'm not that excited to watch. I barely watched any of it during this week. It just it doesn't have the big-name players that I want to watch. My wife says the same thing. It's just not a tournament that we can get excited about. Uh, Tony Finau for, is a perfect example of what I'm talking about right here. I think he's uh, 20th in the world rankings right now in professional golf. He was the highest ranked golfer playing in the Mexico Open this week. So this is not an exciting week for fans that have favorites that they like to watch play golf or hear about play golf. But I will say that this is a perfect event for guys that need an opportunity to earn some money, that have an opportunity to have a little less competition each week. Uh, don't get me wrong. Every single one of these guys playing on the PGA Tour is fantastic at the game of golf. They are all capable of winning. But you and I both know that if you put McElroy, Spieth, Justin Thomas, you put shit, John Rahm out there. You put Tony Finau in the mix. You get Max Homa out there. I mean, Colin Morikawa, Xander Schauffele, Patrick Cantlay. You put all these guys in a tournament, and it's less likely that you're going to get somebody that's going to win that's not in the top 20. Honestly, kind of surprised that Tony Finau didn't win, being that he is the highest-ranked golfer going out there. You'd think that he would have the advantage over all these other guys. Had a solid week, but he just didn't play his best, and so he ends up not winning. Um all that to say, though, that Jake Knapp is the actual winner of the Mexico Open. This is actually one of the cooler stories in professional golf, and it's one of the stories that we don't really get to hear unless somebody like Jake Knapp is playing well or winning tournaments. I first heard about Jake Knapp actually last year on the PGA Tour. He played in an event, and they were kind of given a little bit of his background and I'll give you guys a little bit of his background right now. So Jake Knapp, born and raised in California, turned pro in 2016, played on the Corn Ferry Tour and the PGA Tour Canada for a few years. From like 2016 to 2019, he played on the PGA Tour Canada. And then from there, he went on to play on the Corn Ferry Tour. But at one point in his career, he actually lost his full status card on the Corn Ferry Tour and had to get a normal job in order for him to make enough money to pay for qualifying events, mini tour events so that he could try to regain his status on tour for two years. He worked as a bouncer at a nightclub 
in order to make money to continue to pursue his professional dream of golf. And I got to say, man, like congrats to him for sticking to his guns, for doing what it took to keep himself in the mix, to keep himself in tournaments, to get that experience under his belt because he was previously a three-time winner in his career in professional golf, but those wins came on PGA Tour Canada. This is the first win of his career on the PGA Tour. I mean, we hear the phrase life-changing event all the time when we're watching TV broadcasts about sports and especially about golf when somebody wins a tournament. But I'll, I'll be honest with you, like this is 100% life-changing for this guy. To go from being a bouncer at nightclubs to earn money to now securing a PGA Tour card for the next two years, the million-plus dollars that he got in prize purse money for going to this event, all of the entry that he's going to get into every single one of the majors for the next couple years, I mean... This is life-changing for Jake Knapp. It is incredible. Super excited for the guy, man. Congratulations on your first PJ Tour win. If you keep putting on performances like you did this week in Mexico, buddy, this ain't going to be your last time winning on the PGA Tour. I feel that way. I'm sure there's a lot of other people that are better experts at this thing than I am that probably feel the same way. Um, I will say that he has one of the absolute smoothest, most effortless looking swings I have ever seen in the world of golf, including YouTube golfers. I mean, this this kid doesn't even look like he's trying to hit a golf ball, can hit it a country mile, has tons of control over shots, puts lights out. So like he had everything come together for him this week, this four days of golf, and I couldn't be I couldn't be more happy for him. I would love to see him be able to replicate that at least once once more this year, get another win on the PGA Tour. I think that would be phenomenal for him or any other golfer. Um, but it would just really add to the storyline that he's bringing to the PGA Tour. So PGA Tour, Mexico Open, Jake Knapp, winner. That's yet another first-time winner on the PGA Tour this year. Um, and that that's the, that's the other thing, you guys – the level of competition on the PGA tour right now has never been higher than it is right now. The fact that year after year after year now, the last handful of years on the, on tour, we've seen multiple first time winners every single year. You're seeing tons of first time winners because everybody going in the PGA tour is just so damn good, man. It's unreal. Moving over to corn Ferry tour. Our guy Cooper Dossie playing this last weekend made the cut. Not only did he make the cut, he finished tied 20th. Fantastic finish for him, putting himself higher up on the point standings for this year. And just so that you guys know, anybody that is playing on the Corn Ferry Tour has an opportunity to earn their PGA Tour card at the end of each season. So all you have to do, <laughs> all you have to do, I say that like it's not a big deal. But what these guys have to do in order to get their PGA Tour card is finish in the top 30 of points on the Corn Ferry Tour. I'm fortunate enough that I've been able to build a friendship with one of the caddies on the Corn Ferry Tour. I've talked about him on the podcast uh, multiple times in the past. I'm going to talk about him again today. Luke Letty, my guy. He and his he and his player are getting ready to go down to Argentina in Chile. They're going to play uh, the next two Corn Ferry Tour events down there in South America. 
They're really looking forward to it. They're super excited about it. His player, Evan Harmeling, has won in South America in the past on the Corn Ferry Tour. So the next couple weeks down there should be pretty awesome for those two guys. But Luke was telling me that the way that the Corn Ferry Tour point system works, the magic number for all of these guys out there in order to get in that top 30 and lock up their PGA Tour card is 850 points. If you can accumulate... 850 points on the Corn Ferry Tour, you are basically guaranteed your PGA Tour card going into the next year. So the fact that Cooper Dossey has full status on Corn Ferry Tour this year means that he gets to play in more events than he did last year. He has more and more opportunities to make cuts. Every time these guys are making a cut, they're earning points on the points list. And then every time he makes a cut and gets higher up in top 20 finishes like that, he's going to put himself in a great position to potentially earn his PGA Tour card this year. So I am personally going to be following Cooper Dossie's journey on the Corn Ferry Tour this year. I really encourage you guys to follow Cooper Dossie on his journey. For anybody that likes watching the YouTube golfers out there, Cooper Dossie has filmed multiple videos with Mason and Cole from Busta Jack Golf out in Texas. So if you want to learn a little bit more about him, if you kind of want to get an idea for what kind of person he is, you can go check out videos on Busted Jack's page with Cooper Dossie. Super funny. Um, he's just an incredible stick. This guy can play lights out golf. If you also want to learn a little bit more about Cooper, I interviewed him on this podcast last year. You guys can go find that episode on my podcast. Anywhere you listen to music, Spotify, Amazon, Apple, it doesn't matter. Um, great conversation with Cooper. I learned a lot about him and I'm really, really fortunate that I had an opportunity to chat with him for an hour or two and just to, just to get a better understanding of who he is and what he's all about. Um, recently married, he and his wife, Ashley, uh, couldn't be happier for both of them for all the success that Cooper's seen here in the last like six months to a year. So definitely excited to see how his season progresses. He had a great finish this week. Let's see you continue to do that. Cooper. And then on the DP World Tour, James Nicholas is the guy that we're going to be following throughout the rest of this year as well. James Nicholas two years ago made headlines for getting a last-minute call to a Corn Ferry Tour event, having to catch some flights, was running out of time, had to leave his golf clubs at the airport just so that he could get to the golf course and the first tee on time to make his tee time. Ended up having to play his first round at that tournament with a local club pros golf clubs because James didn't have his own. He basically just showed up to the golf course wearing his clothes that he was wearing at the airport. Um, I think he may have had to borrow some shoes from somebody. I'm not hundred percent sure, but yeah. So James has been all over the media here the last like year and a half, two years. He also has given, he has also earned full status on the DP world tour this year, as well as having partial status on the corn Ferry tour again this year. So He's really excited about the DP World Tour um, events that he's going to have an opportunity to play this year. I'm incredibly excited for him, man. That's a massive accomplishment. Uh, DP World Tour is basically one step down from the PGA Tour. So congrats to James. He was playing in Kenya this week. Um, crazy, crazy videos are posted on his Instagram page of just some of the things that he's seen and and been able to do since he's been out there in, in Africa. But um, James ended up making the cut this weekend and he ended up making a, a tied, he tied for 42nd place in the tournament. So congratulations to James making it to Sunday, having a great 
tournament for him. Uh, four under par was his final score. He's going to make some cash on that deal. So, dude, super, super excited for James. Um, another guy where if you guys want to learn a little bit more about James, obviously you can go to his social media, James Nicholas, um, on Instagram. You can also check out the interview that I did with him on the Buttercups podcast last year as well. Uh, James was an incredible guy. I thank him very much for taking time out of his schedule to sit down and talk to me. But just another person that was really, really engaging to listen to and, and to talk to and to hear his story and to learn more about how he was brought up and how he was raised as a child and his siblings and the success that his siblings have had and how much he has just a deep rooted um, love and connection for all of his family. And the fact that he is more of a cheerleader for his brother and his sister than he is for himself at times uh, just blows me away and just shows you the the type of character that he has. And, and again, it's just these are things that we're never going to learn about these guys from the normal media because, you know, they either don't take the time to talk to him or, you know, if these guys, unfortunately, in the game of golf, if you're not playing well enough for TV producers to put you on camera, then they don't really come and talk to you. Or if you don't have some kind of crazy, unique story for them to, to run a, to run an interview about, then they're really not coming to talk to these guys. And I think that's something that's lacking in the world of professional golf that maybe we can, maybe we can help progress going forward. It would be amazing to be able to see more of these guys playing every single week and to be able to learn more about them on a personal level versus just what did it feel like to miss your, to almost miss your tea time? Like, of course, that's a question that we need to ask, but at the same time, like the whole week after that event, like we could have been learning more about James and, and I think it's just a miss on the media and not just with him, but with Cooper and with all these other guys that are playing and, you know, Jake Knapp and, and anybody else that's on the, you know, corn Ferry um, tour, anybody else that's on PJ tour Canada, they, the media does a poor job of jumping into the stories of these guys and they need to do a better job of it. Um, and I'd love to see that on the LPGA as well. I think if we can have more personal connection with these pros, then we have the ability to have more interest in watching them and then, you know, more sponsor dollars, bigger paychecks for them, all those things. So, but anyway, now I'm just rambling. That's going to be, that's going to wrap it up for our front nine. Oh, uh, I guess before I actually finish the front nine, I'll give you guys a little bit of a heads up next week or actually this week in two days, the Cognizant Open Classic, uh, I believe it actually used to be called the Honda Classic is going to be happening in Palm, West Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. I got to be honest with you, man, like I'm not really cheering for anybody in particular, but um, that's the next event. The, the next event that I'm going to be the most excited about is we've got the Players Championship coming up here in April. So uh, that's going to be that's going to be the biggest tournament coming up here soon. They also had last night we had the Capital One, the match. I think this was the ninth version of this for the very first time. We did. We saw an LPGA and PGA Tour combined event on Capital One. The match. It was amazing to be able to see two of the ladies come out and play representing the LPGA Tour. I think it's a shame that it took this long for that to happen. For crying out loud, I think a lot of people, in particular, have been asking for it from the beginning of this whole series. Um. But we had Rory McIlroy, Max Homa, Lexi Thompson, and Rose Zhang. All four of them were playing. This was a little different format than what they'd done in the past. So this was a 12-hole match, but it was a skins tournament. All four players played their own ball. It wasn't a team event. 
Each hole had a certain dollar amount that was valued at it. On the par threes, they had hole-in-one contests worth a million dollars. If any of the players were able to make a hole-in-one, a million dollars would get donated to charity. Yeah, that happened last night. I don't think a lot of people realized it was going on. It wasn't advertised very heavily leading up to this. I saw an advertisement for it maybe only five or six days ago, um, just before the event happened. I almost forgot that it was on last night. But I'm glad that I tuned in and watched it. Um, I will say it's just... I love the fact that they are trying what they can to bring us a different product for watching professional golf. I'll just say this capital one. The match is never ever going to be entertaining until we can put it on like pay-per-view, have it be uncensored, have no repercussions for any of the golfers for whatever they happen to say out there. Unless obviously it's something way too freaking out of the out of the realm of normal. We need to be able to see them relaxed. We need to be able to see them doing more things and just playing boring ass golf. We need to be able to see them actually be able to talk shit to each other without having to worry about whether our sponsor is going to drop them because they said fuck on TV. If we can ever get to a point where we can actually watch these golfers play golf, but in the style that us as normal people go play golf. Smoke a cigar on the course for crying out loud. Have a drink of alcohol. Talk some shit to each other. Make some fucking bets for Christ's sake. Like they did Tiger and Phil in Las Vegas versus each other. And I thought they'd be like, okay, two grand says you miss this six foot putt. Nope, none of that was happening. You know, we could have had the same exact thing last night. It's an event that's trying to raise money for charity. Why isn't Max Homa looking at Rory McIlroy with a 10-foot putt and saying, I'll donate 10 Gs to this charity if you can make this putt right now? Like None of those things are happening out there. And it's just every single time one of these events comes on, I'm never excited to watch it. I'm telling you right now, the reason that I watched it was so that I could have something to talk about on this episode of this podcast. Other than that, there's no reason to watch these things, man. They're boring as shit. Nothing exciting happens. Nobody says anything funny or like worthwhile, which is so sad because Max Homa is one of the funniest dudes on Twitter, but there's something to be said for being able to sit on your couch and think of something to say and type it on the internet versus being on live TV and really having to watch what you say because sponsors are watching and it's a, it's a, a broadcast on TNT and we can't say certain words because here in America, that's just frowned upon. If you say shit on TV, you're the devil. So anyway, the capital won the match. Like I kind of wish they would just stop doing them because they're not exciting. They're not fun to watch. They're boring as shit. And it's a letdown and a disappointment every single time. So, I mean, I, I, I would rather watch a good, good live event or I would rather watch Busta Jack playing golf live than watching Capital One the match. Just putting that out there. Let's move into the back nine. Got to start out with Charlie Woods at 15 years old trying to qualify for a PGA Tour event. Listen, man, it was the next progression in his world of professional golf. So I love to see it. I knew he was not going to make it through the first pre-qualifier in order to even get to a Monday qualifier for this tournament, because as 
good of a golfer as he is at 15 years old, and don't get me wrong, he's a great golfer. He is not good enough yet to qualify for a PGA Tour event. It's just, that's just the reality. I mean, there are guys that have been playing professional golf for 10 years that can shoot five under a round anywhere they go, and they can't qualify for a PGA Tour event because the level of competition is just so insane. You got to think about it. If if you really want to make it through a pre-qualifying round to make it to then a Monday qualifier to then make it onto a PGA Tour event, the pre-qualifying round, if you're shooting anything under five under, anything worse than five under par on a pre-qualifying round, just pack it up and go home because it ain't going to cut it. Then if you make it to a Monday qualifier, you basically have to shoot six under or better to even stand a chance at winning the Monday qualifier. Thinking that Charlie Woods was going to be able to go out there and shoot five or six under at his very first PGA Tour qualifying event, anybody that thought that that kid was going to qualify is absolutely insane. Is he going to be on the PGA Tour at some point in his life? I have no doubt. If he chooses to play professional golf, There's no doubt in my mind that this kid is going to be playing on the PGA Tour at some point. At 15 years old, his game isn't there yet. But you know what, man? The amount of progress that he's made in the last two years alone, there's nothing in my mind that says that by the time that this kid is 18, he's not going to be ready to be playing on the PGA Tour. I could see Charlie Woods at 18 years old playing professional events on the PGA Tour. No question. No question about it whatsoever. But until then... um, I think it's amazing that he went out there. I think it's a fantastic that he got that experience, that tournament condition pressure. I think that does nothing but help him. Um, he did have one really bad break where he shot a 12 on one hole. But for anybody out there that thinks that the only reason that he didn't play well was because he shot a 12 on one hole, you have absolutely lost your mind. This kid was 18 over par for a round of golf. Uh, So you take the one hole out where he shot 12 on a par four, so eight over on one hole, um, and he was still four or five over on the whole rest of his round. So, which, I mean, I've played with guys that are just amateur golfers that can shoot that low of the score. So for Charlie Woods, it's that's not a great round of golf for him to be shooting four or five over par. But, Again, I'm really excited that he went out there. I'm really excited to see him putting himself out there. I love him being able to get those tournament reps under his belt. I think it's only going to help him, and it's only going to drive him to want to do better and to handle the pressure and the media and the crowds even more. So it's exciting to see what happens. I hope that he continues to enter into some of these events throughout the rest of this year. It would be nice to see him play a couple more of them this year um, and then next year you know, even more. So we'll see what happens. On top of that, we also have, I think, three or four YouTube golfers are trying to qualify for the Myrtle Beach Open on the PGA Tour coming up here in a few weeks. Um, The two guys from Busted Jack Golf, so Mason and Cole, are both going to do a pre-qualifier for this, and if they play well enough, they can get into a Monday qualifier. And then Grant Horvat, I know for sure, is doing it, and I... I'm not 100% sure if Micah Morris is or not, but I believe it's just Grant Horvat for right now and Busted Jack Golf. So I know those three guys are all trying to get into a qualifier for 
the Myrtle Beach Classic that's coming up here soon on the PGA Tour. So that's going to be exciting to see how these guys play in those conditions. All three of those guys can go low. All three of them have the game within themselves to shoot three, four, five under par on a round for sure. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how they deal with the pressure. Um, I think they might actually have a little bit more of an advantage when it comes to the quote unquote pressure than some other golfers will because they have now for years been filming themselves playing golf and posting it online on YouTube. Um, I think that has really desensitized them to some of the pressure that they're going to experience in these tournaments because there's nothing more nerve wracking than having to hit golf shots while a camera is filming you specifically so that you can then put it out there for millions of people to look at and comment on and talk shit about and, you know, troll you. So, Look, I'm excited for these three guys to go and try and prequal. Um, I don't think I don't think either of them will actually make the qualification. I don't think any of them are going to progress to get into the to the Monday qualifier. Um, but it's exciting, man. It's exciting to see the progression of YouTube golf where these guys are good enough to be able to put themselves in positions to try to get into PJ Tour events. And I think honestly. Uh, Wesley Bryan and George Bryan both being able to do YouTube golf and play in PGA Tour events has really opened the eyes of some of these guys that are playing on YouTube to to think to themselves and have the confidence that they also have the game within them to try and make that happen as well. So really exciting to see that, and uh, I can't wait to see what happens with these three guys. Other than that, man... Thank you guys so much. I'll wrap it up by saying this. If you guys like what I'm doing every single week, please help me out. Follow me on Spotify, on Apple. Leave me a five-star review. Leave a comment. Um, follow me on YouTube. You can follow me on any of my social media platforms just by clicking at Buttercuts Pod. That's my, that's my handle on everything, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Please give me a like, a follow, subscribe, notif- turn notifications on, all that kind of stuff. Um, I really I really hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. I have some new episodes coming soon. I'll have a new episode with an interview that I did with Todd and Katie Anderson coming out here soon. I also have an interview I did with Bryant Smith. He's the owner of Blue Caddy Golf. He makes incredible golf hats. Um, I have some other guests that I'm trying to get lined up for you guys. So please just keep supporting me. I'm going to keep putting out episodes. I'm rapidly approaching 100 episodes of the podcast, so I can't wait to hit that milestone. But until then, you guys, tee it high, let it fly. Talk to you later.